on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Rome. What's happening in Mohawk Valley? Wherever you're listening today, you can listen anywhere you want, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. The ESPN app is how you do that. You download the app. You hit the listen tab. You find ESPN Syracuse. There we are, going with you. You're bouncing all over the place. You're doing this, you're doing that, and we can go with you while you do a little of this and a little of that. Here's how you get in touch with the program. Would love to hear your voices today. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644, where I ignore Daniel Baldwin's texts to this program. I always like when I hop in the text line after a few days, like, oh, Daniel Baldwin sent like four texts to the show. Maybe I'll remember to read some of those today. You can text as well, 288-0644. We have one guest joining us today, our good friend Chris Carlson, Syracuse.com. We'll stop by the program a little later on this afternoon, talk some Syracuse hoops with Chris. Certainly a lot of Syracuse basketball on the table. Well, 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 look what we found here. Some offense for the Orange. It's alive! We will certainly discuss throughout the program, get your thoughts on Syracuse's 78-73 win over Louisville last night. We'll do some hot takes, as usual, Top 5 Tuesday, and a few other things, the usual hijinks and tomfoolery we will get to throughout the program today. So hop on board, glad to have you here, and it is all presented by our friends at Burdick Toyota. Contrary to popular belief, And we will certainly discuss what Syracuse found last night at the KFC Yum Center. The funnest arena to pronounce in all of sports, perhaps. Yes, Tyus Battle and Frank Howard and O'Shea Brissett. And to an extent, Pascal Chupko, to an extent, Merrick Dolgei, all found what they were looking for, in a way. U2 still hasn't found what they're looking for. Syracuse, for one game anyway, found what they were looking for. Last night. That is certainly something we will discuss. It is certainly something that Jim Beheim discussed last night. This was our best win in a long time. It was coming off a couple really not good offensive, three bad offensive performances in a row. And to play well offensively tonight, I just thought we had great patience. We hit some shots. It's a lot easier to try to win a game when you score more than 50 points. 
and uh, we haven't been able to do that for a few games now. And uh, this was, uh, you know, it was a great effort. Yeah, it was, it was confusing when you looked at the shooting percentage, given how Syracuse has done there in recent games. You're like, whoa, it goes that high? I didn't know that stat went past 50. It's incredible. So that is certainly something we will discuss. I want to tell you what's on my mind today, though, and I wonder how many of you thought this as well watching this game last night. While certainly on the edge of your seat, hoping that Syracuse would win, and now they've got a quadrant one win. They have something in their back pocket that provides some relief. They get a week to, essentially, about six days, work on their next game against Wake Forest, which is certainly a winnable game at home. Three of your next four games are at home. Syracuse can make up some serious ground here in the wins department, and you know there's a few quadrant one signature wins down the road here that, after beating Louisville last night, look a little more winnable to put it in that category, and there's a lot to go over there, and and we will get to all that. That's what Syracuse found last night, but you know what was on my mind? What was missing? Now, Rick Pitino certainly earned his dismissal from Louisville. You cannot have that many strikes and stick around. It just doesn't work that way. You cannot have controversy after this controversy and that controversy and kind of throw up your hands like Alfred E. Newman and say, what, me? And even if he is innocent of all those things, or some of those things, or maybe not this, but of that, the optics were just too bad. You just could not sustain it. The athletic director went, and as Jim Beheim pointed out last night in his post-game press conference, yes, there are some coaches that are still coaching that are implicated in this, but that's just how fair or unfair the world works when you are in that position Someone's got to be the fall guy. And seeing that Louisville has been around this block a few times in recent years, you just could not go forward with Rick Pitino as your head coach. But I'm watching this game last night, and think of how intense Syracuse-Louisville games have been in recent years. And the main reason they have been as intense as they are is Rick Pitino. The way he coaches that style of defense, the intensity in which his teams play. Say all you want about Rick Pitino away from that basketball court. On that court, it was a sight to behold. You knew what you were going to get night in and night out. The great friendly rivalry, the great friendship between Beheim and Pitino, the way his teams played, the Yum Center on Big Monday. Well, last night, it felt like a high school gym in Walla Walla, Washington, in the middle of the week, and people accidentally came to a basketball game. That place, now it picked up in the second half, certainly, when the game got close and the fans finally woke up and got into this thing. But for a big part of that game, that was as quiet as I have heard that building, ever. That's as quiet a Syracuse-Louisville game as I have seen. I think Jim Bayheim made a good point last night and that David Padgett took on a pretty impossible situation and Greg Paulus was on with Steve and that other guy that does Orange Nation from 12 to 2. And they talked to Greg and he's in a pretty interesting spot and you're trying to just kind of carry this program forward after a whole lot of things that no fan base No school president, no athletic director who's no longer there, and anybody involved wants to be involved in. But lo and behold, Louisville has become 
again, fair or unfair, the fall guy in this whole FBI college basketball situation that's going on. But it doesn't mean that you miss your foil. It doesn't mean that something felt different in that game. David Padgett is doing as well as he can with this team, and that's still a team that can make the tournament, and they've got some work to do, and, you know, they've started, they've lost a couple games in a row, and he's got to kind of get them back on track. But the game was quiet. There was no energy for a good part of it on the Louisville side. Okay, Syracuse took full advantage of this. And I'm watching and I'm saying, you can only play the team that's put in front of you, and you can only do what you can control, right? So Syracuse isn't feeling bad because of this. As much as Rick Pitino deserved to be fired, and as much as that situation just became one that was no longer manageable and people had to go, I missed Rick Pitino last night. I missed what these games used to be, and the word rivalry is thrown around a lot in college basketball and in sports in general, and sometimes you're really pushing it with rivalry. And Syracuse is just in this weird situation now in the ACC and that they don't have a natural rival. That's why they schedule Georgetown every year. That's why they kind of do this Big East reunion tour every year. Syracuse Duke has become great. In a short period of time, it has become a rivalry. But Duke's forever rival will be North Carolina and nothing will ever change that. In football, Okay, yeah, Boston College is kind of your regional rival, and Pittsburgh is a historical rival, but go ask a Pittsburgh fan who their rival is, and they're going to answer you either Penn State or West Virginia, and maybe Syracuse is like fifth on the list. Boston College, they don't care enough about Boston College to answer that question. Oh, they still have a team? So Syracuse is kind of in this weird spot where certain things come along, and a lot of it is predicated on the past. That's what made the Patino thing so great. Because it was a combination of, yes, we all know the story. Rick Pitino, Jim Beheim, their wives, on a beach one day. What's the best place in the world? Like, we've heard that story a hundred times. But it's a story you enjoy hearing every time. When the announcer inevitably digs into his prep and tells that story, you, you somewhat roll your eyes up, here we go. But you always laugh when you hear that story, that Jim Beheim thinks that Syracuse, New York is the greatest place in the world. And God love him for it. And all the antidotes. Did you know that Jim Beheim hired Rick Pitino on his honeymoon? Yes, because everybody knows that. But that's what made it great. You know these stories and they feel good. And when you go to Thanksgiving every year, Uncle Bob tells you the same story. But it always makes you smile. Last night, it was just a game. Now, from a Syracuse standpoint, it's a game they needed. It's a game, as we'll get into in the basketball aspect of this, the X's and O's of it, what it means and what it could mean and execution and the big sigh of relief. It was just what the doctor ordered. But boy, did something feel missing watching that game last night. And it's just time. Time moves on. Eventually, the Beheim patino thing would end one way or the other, just like the Georgetown thing is different now. And, you know... But we hang on to memories. It's why nostalgia is big. Why was the Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr. commercial the one that took off? Not only because it was funny and it was unexpected, but it tapped into something. It tapped into nostalgia. You remember 30 years ago when you saw that movie or every time that song comes on the radio. And how do you not feel good 
right? So as much as Rick Pitino did not deserve to coach that team one day moving forward, I still missed the guy last night. And think here's what Jim Beheim said about Rick Pitino last night. You know, I don't co- play against the coach. We don't have to play one-on-one. It's a good thing David would beat me by about 30. You know, David's doing a great job. Um, and I don't want to get anybody mad at me, and I'm not trying to. You know, obviously everybody knows Rick Pitino worked for me. He's a great friend of mine. In my opinion, he's one of the two best coaches that have coached in modern basketball in college. By that I mean after John Wooden. So to lose a guy like that, you know, it's, you know, that's, that's a, in my opinion, that's where he is. I think you got to put Mike ahead of him. And, uh, but I think Rick did it with, lesser players even but you know he and, he, and he's a, a great friend of mine and i you know i feel bad about the situation but it's it was what happened and uh, it's interesting the other three coaches are still coaching it's jim Beheim last night by the way which mike was he speaking of there can i get a clarification on that i just i wasn't sure someone's going to tweet me and think i'm serious about that anyway i missed rick patino last night and I tweeted with our buddy Mark Ennis, who does radio at ESPN Radio in Louisville. And I said, has this been the case all year with the crowds? And he said, it is a mix of people that are still aren't sure of what to make of everything. Some people are just staying away. I mean, there were still 16,000 people there last night. But Big Monday, Syracuse in town, Bayheim, Patino, everything, that rivalry. Again, rivalry, because ask 100 Louisville fans who their rival is, and they'll all say Kentucky. But Syracuse still meant something. That place would have been jammed to the gills and people would be fawning over themselves to get their signs on television. And our buddy Sean McDonough did the game. And no offense to Sean, but Sean McDonough, LaFonso Ellis, didn't feel like a big Monday game. And I think part of that reason was it's just we're recalibrating what this meant. So that's my big takeaway from last night. I'm sure your big takeaway is, hey, Offense! Let's get into that next. Syracuse recovered. So what did we see last night that needs to carry over and can realistically carry over going forward here? We'll discuss that next. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Great to have you here. This is On the Block with Brent X. Oh, very appropriate uh, music bump there. Did you know that today is Rick Astley's birthday? That is true. And I did know that. And I may or may not have danced to a Rick Astley song. And that may or may not be circulating Instagram as we speak. So uh, good luck finding that. Go on a treasure hunt today. It's quite the thing. I do a very good Rick Astley uh, impression as only uh, a guy who can't dance. And somehow Rick Astley... (laughs) Despite the fact that the man cannot dance, achieved internet fame. And that's probably why he did. So happy birthday, Rick. Now, this is in your head the rest of the day. I don't know how I transitioned from that to Syracuse basketball finding themselves on the court last night. So I will let Jim Beheim do it for me. Syracuse found its offense. Why? We've struggled to score. and I thought the one thing we were a little better on tonight was uh, moving the ball and taking or being patient. But at the end of the day, you know, we haven't been making shots. 
we made shots. Our guards have been four for 17, four for 17, four for 17, six for 17. If they do that tonight, you know, we lose. So, you know, they made, both of them made seven for 15. Ah, so much easier when that ball goes in that hoop. And, you know, on yesterday's show, I put it out to you and I said, how do they fix this thing? What do they do to get the offense moving? And it really came down to a lot of your suggestions, while creative and somewhat helpful and appreciated, are moot points because the ball's got to go in the hoop. The one thing I was very surprised by last night was how Tyus Battle and Frank Howard and O'Shea Brissett, to a certain extent, and Merrick Dolzhai Little and Pascal Chukwu here, they got in the paint. Now, Louisville won points in the paint because they had that stretch late in the game where Syracuse, by the way, can, speaking of missing Rick Pitino, memo to David Padgett, going inside to Spalding, get your foot off the boat, and Mahmoud, it was working. Louisville goes on this run, they're going inside, Syracuse can do nothing to stop at a 12-point lead, whittles down to two, and all of a sudden they come out and shoot threes. And Syracuse said thank you very much and won the game. In that stretch, Syracuse went about five minutes without scoring. Like That's something Rick Pitino finds that, and he leans on you till you bleed to death. David Padgett all of a sudden says, eh, why don't you shoot a three? We're good. You guys have worked on that enough. That, to me, was, let's say, questionable. But again, Syracuse will take it. So you had to wonder about that, but Syracuse got in the paint. Tyus Battle got going early. Frank Howard got going early. And seeing that, you know, Mahmoud had come into that game last night, averaging just about three blocks per game. He had 75 blocks entering that game last night. Total combined blocks between Syracuse and Louisville last night, one. That's it. One block. Pascal didn't get any blocks. Louisville had one which is surprising. So Syracuse found its way into the paint, and they were making shots, and Tyus Battle at 25 points and Frank Howard at 22 points. It's pretty incredible, and it's just kind of one of those things that happens. It's it's somewhat coincidental. But you heard Jim Beheim list the shooting numbers in that soundbite, referencing the games before last night. Both Frank Howard and Tyus Battle, 7 of 15 last night. The symmetry that is there in the two games prior not good because they combined to go 16 of 68. Last night, the symmetry was there and working off each other, making the defense respectful to these guys. Both hit outside shots, both hit jumpers. You know, that Tyus Battle jumper with about 238 to go was a big, big shot. Now, there's a lot of things that added up. The fact that Syracuse scored 39 points in the first half, which in the eight prior games to that, they only. The only game that stood out was against Boston College when they had that unbelievable shooting night. They scored 47 points in the first half. Other than that, it's 22, it's 21, it's 24. You know, three times in recent games, they've either tied or, you know, set a new low scoring first half points. You're coming off a game on Saturday. Now, mind you, that's Virginia, and they are the best defensive team in college basketball. But you are coming off a game where you scored 44 total points. And the fact that you score 39 in a half against a team that is somewhat of a pretty good defensive reputation, well, that just builds confidence. 
And that's what Syracuse needed. They just needed to feel like, again, that they could do it. And then it rolls from there. And O'Shea Brissett is 3 of 5 from three-point range. I think we're seeing Merrick Doljai really gain some confidence in shooting that, you know, kind of that jumper right around the paint if it's open and he has time. He's not a guy that can, you know, get a pass quickly and shoot it. He still needs time to kind of set and figure out he's open. But we are not at the point where teams are going to say, oh, crap, he's got the ball. And he needs to use that to his advantage. And I think last night, for the most part, he did. And, and Look, if you want to just really fan it out over, I don't know, pick a number, the last four or five games, he has probably been the most consistent player on this team, right, on, on all ends of the floor. And you need that, certainly the scrappiness and the rebounding and the hustle and all those, you know, words that we use in sports. But now he's starting to add elements to his game. And one big, big factor in last night's game, and all credit to sports manager extraordinaire Jason Murray over at Syracuse.com, but he tweeted this, and he was exactly right about this last night. And I gave Jason a little shout-out in my recap, which I hope you all read today on Syracuse.com. And the point that was made was a good one. And it was this. It's one of these little things that you may not notice unless you're watching closely. And honestly, I didn't notice it, but he did. O'Shea Brissett and Merrick Doljai were setting the high ball screen instead of Pascal Chukwu. A small but very effective change. Really opened up ball movement. It allowed Tyus Battle and Frank Howard to get in that paint. And Tyus Battle and Frank Howard... Combined for 47 points. Look, Jim Beheim has said it 100 times on this show with press conferences and probably at Wegmans a few times. We need Tyus Battle and Frank Howard to score. They are the engine that drives the Syracuse offense. And when they don't score and when they struggle and time ticks by and they can't find their offensive game, well, that's all you got. What did the Eagles say when they won the Super Bowl? We all we got, we all we need. Well, with Syracuse, that's all they got in terms of primary offensive drivers. O'Shea Brissett last night became the wingman that he needs to be. And it's funny how I, I've made a joke about this on the show a lot, how Tyus Battle Frank Howard has almost become one person. I just gave you the shooting numbers a few minutes ago of how those two kind of connect. But they are really one person in what it relates to what they do for Syracuse. Because they played off each other last night, were able to circulate the ball, and rare is it that Tyus has a great night and Frank doesn't and vice versa. They're usually kind of interconnected. But O'Shea Brissett became the wingman that Syracuse needed last night. Pascal Chukwu found the middle ground. They need now, The Virginia game... He didn't even attempt a shot. It's like he wasn't even out there. Last night, five points, eight rebounds. Had a great follow-up on a Tyus Battle miss, which the greatest thing about that is he didn't dribble the ball. Get the ball, go up with the ball. He had a power jam in the first half, one of the great highlights of that game, and that's notable because he's missed some dunks this year or hesitates or puts the ball on the floor. It's like, no, just go up with the basketball. All told, Syracuse got exactly what they needed, and the biggest stat of that game 
Stat of the day, stat of the day, right? Dan Patrick Show. Syracuse 20, Louisville 9. And what that represents is points off turnovers. Syracuse went into halftime up in that category 16-0. That was the biggest stat of the game. That Syracuse was taking turnovers and converting them into points at a high rate in the first half, and pretty much every time Louisville, whoops, here's the ball, boom. Syracuse cashed in. Because when you look at some other stats, go around, even shooting percentage, free throw percentage. Syracuse got back to the free throw line last night, which was big. Tyus Battle was 11 of 11 on his own. In the five prior games to last night, O'Shea Brissett got to the free throw line a total of nine times. He went five of seven last night. It's a lot of little things that had not been happening for Syracuse lately that all added up in last night's game. We've got much more to say on that as we press forward. We will talk to our friend Chris Carlson of Syracuse.com later in the show. We're going to take a break right now, do some hot takes. When we come back, you're on the block. ESPN Radio. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye. 